Welcome, everybody, to Right On Radio. Yes, this is the Military Analyst edition of Right On Radio, and today we have a good one for you for sure. And I just want to welcome each one of you to the broadcast, of course, and, of course, this broadcast is brought to you by MyLibertyStand.com. Sick of having your freedoms taken away? Sick of inflation eating away your paycheck? There's a way to overcome it. Sign up at MyLibertyStand.com and let one of your fellow Right on Radio listeners contact you and give you a 15-minute tour of how you can make a difference. And just, hey, listen, everybody, as we get started here, uh, just a couple really quick announcements before I bring uh, Chris on. Uh, The first one is that... uh, uh, many of you have signed up for writeonyou.com and supporting the military analyst. There are new briefs. Of course, I've been emailing the briefs out uh, that the, the briefs are loaded before the show so you can follow along with the pictures if you are on writeonyou.com and uh, support the military analyst. The briefs are up there. And I've also added a new section today, and it was a little bit pertinent, and it's called Interesting People. And why is it pertinent? Because there's a couple characters, and one of them has actually been on the show, and Chris did not not know this, but uh, Sean Stone has actually been on Right On Radio as a guest before, and uh, Chris did a little bit of a, uh, just a little dig, just a couple pictures there of him and, uh, and his father, of course, but it also pertains to the next episode, part five of the Flat Earth Decoded series. So very, very interesting. As we go through this, you're going to see some mirrored stuff from things you've learned from our previous shows, and I think it's all relevant. And uh, again, uh, at the end of the Flat Earth series, I'm going to give you my discoveries and what I've discovered, and I think everyone will be satisfied. It's only a theory. Look, I don't have the 100% proof but I'm going to show you an eight-minute video and give you my conjecture uh, on flat Earth and round Earth and how they could both possibly be true. The answer may even be shocking in some ways, but I did get my theory based on some very high-level esoteric knowledge that I've seen. And just final point before uh, we go into the uh, introduction for Chris, uh, if you do go on to write on you, I have added a new course. It is in pre-sale right now, and that means you get a really, really good discount, uh, and it is a real estate course. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not into real estate investing or anything like that, and maybe you're not, and that's fine, but I think because of the time that we're in right now, uh, I've put about a 35-minute informational video. It's not a sales video. There's no... Uh, pressure, sales tactics, or anything like that, you will learn a couple things about real estate that you probably did not know. uh, And it's worthwhile to watch that video. And then if you want to uh, consider uh, taking the course, there is a coupon that is available during pre-launch and it's launch relo. That's the word launch with R-E-L-O, real estate lease options, launch reload save 800 so yeah it's an 800 dollars savings so launch reload save 800 is your coupon code if you decide to 
uh, pursue the course. It will be a good one. It will not uh, uh, disappoint, and I certainly will over-deliver, and I have very specific plans that I've already been creating the course content. It is fantastic. Uh, one of the first courses I teach is actually how you can make money with real estate using other people's money and having no money yourself. So quite interesting. I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, anyways, without further ado, Chris Wilson is not his real name. He does have a, or he used to have a very high high classification in the military. He was a military analyst. He has sold arms to uh, multiple countries on behalf of the United States of America. He was involved in R&D of weapon systems and things like that. He has a very, very high uh, degree of knowledge. And since learning about some bad things in the military, he has been dedicating his life to getting the truth out there to the world. And he is in fact risking his life doing that. That's why we hide his name. And no, I do not even know his real name. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, one of the few people who have seen his face, he trusted me enough to do that. And I'm thankful for it, but I would never repeat it. I would have never recorded it. I've never, and by the way, I wouldn't even be able to pick them out of a crowd. So if you're a, a bad guy and you're listening, it was a really grainy connection and it was from a distance. So uh, there you go. But we do conceal his identity because he has some amazing information. He's a great researcher and he researches some of the best researchers in the business and form, takes all their information and puts it together into a presentation for you. So today's <laughs> Intel Brief is on Flat Earth, the North Pole, Wizard of Oz, and the Badlands. How does it all come together? Well, let's find out by bringing on the military analyst, Chris Wilson. Welcome back to Right on Radio. Thanks, Jeff. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be on your broadcast and share the truth of knowledge with the uh, the rest of the world, and in this case, North American audience. Uh, Jeff, you're only lucky because I've never shown my face to anyone in over 20 years. Number two, no one has my name and you, no one ever will. So uh, this is important. I want the, uh, your audience to truly focus because this everything we've taught in life is essentially wrong. And this is how the deep state and the globalists have controlled mankind by controlling education, religion, society, civics, history, and they're not going to stop unless we interject. So my contribution is teaching the, the public, all of you in the audience, the truths that we were never told so that we can go forward and uh, acquire this wisdom and knowledge and know how life and society and uh, our world truly works. But it will never be taught in any, uh, any type of uh, formal education, of colleges, universities, not my undergrad or graduate work, it it never happened. So the point is, I'm giving the, the knowledge to the world so that they can absorb. And I know it's very difficult to comprehend at first, but you have to think outside the box and look beyond the the obvious to where you'll realize, as I did 30 years ago, that the truths of life have been hiding in plain sight all along that we never looked. Okay, let's go on. This is Flat Earth. Uh, it's decoded. It's uh, This is by Rosette Delacroix. I know the top 120 uh, uh, alternative analysts in the world, and she is in the top three for knowledge, but she is number one in decoding uh, biblical and uh, um, 
aspects about uh, religion, uh, the Bible, and she is very, very spiritual. As she does make very minor mistakes along the way, however, she acknowledges that and corrects it and goes forward. But this is a culmination of years that she has put into this. There are 10, there are 10 parts. I will be able to do two in one and a half hours, as Jeff is aware, and we will finish it this month. So this is part three. We'll do part four thereafter. And it's her uh, message is always, and her logo is always, the truth is in the code. She's, the first picture, which you'll see on Jeff's website, is there is land at the North Pole. There always has been, and there always will be. And the term of Emerald City, which is in the direct center, is not only another name for the Pentagon, but it's also the name of uh, the center land at the North Pole. And this will never be brought to the attention by any of our uh, government agencies, military intelligence. They keep the secrets of life from the public strictly for control and subjugation. Okay, so I recently discovered Mercator's map, and this is Gerard Mercator, who is one of the most famous and best uh, geographers and cartographers in the 1500s. And he, all your maps, audience, understand, since 1600 exactly, have been altered, falsified, and you've never learned the actual truth that there have been continents that have risen and fallen even in the last 300 years. Okay. So she goes on to say that uh, these connections in my Flat Earth Decoded Part 2, she gives a continuation, and in each section audience is that she gives a little information for continuity from one uh, section to the next, as it would this. And she said um, that the Flat Earth Part 2, North Pole, the biggest secret proof of Eden, E-D-E-N, presentation, which I read last week. Since then, I have come across more than info then shows the significance of the North Pole as hidden in the esoteric classic, The Wizard of Oz. Remember all these secret societies that hoard the hidden knowledge about our world communicate in symbolism, not words. They place the truth out there in a way that only their adepts, the inside knowledgeable people, um, know the meaning, but the profane have no clue. But the more we uncover, the more we'll know, too. Knowledge is power, as the saying goes. Let's take the power back by learning what they know. So let's start by taking a look at Mercator's map of the Arctic, which was first printed in 1595, and she's using the edition now of 1623. In Mercator's letter to Sir John D., he described the land at the North Pole. He said that it surrounds, it's surrounded on all sides except the north with very tall tower uh, mountains that reach the clouds and are free of vegetation. The land is divided by four rivers that flow into a very strong current northward. The wonderful Wizard of Oz first came out as a book by L. Frank Baum in 1900, just over 300 years after Mercator's map. Baum's is supposed to have been fictional, but let's take a closer look. Then he shows the Wizard of Oz. Excuse me for one moment. My wife just came home and I've got to close the door. Well, while he's away, I want Stop to thank you, Dan, for the We're beer. Done. The beer is good. Okay. All right. 
So welcome back. Yeah. Continuing on. Um, she's addicted to Fox news and uh, it interrupts whenever I, I do all my international briefings and domestic. Okay. We took a, like a look at the map of the wonderland of Oz from his book in 1900. If we look at the map, we notice it is very similar. We have the land on the outer perimeter encircling the land on the inner perimeter composed of four islands separated by four borders that look similar to the four inland drawing seas coming to a point at a mountain in the center. The mountain is to the north. It is hidden in plain truth. The, the, uh, the, the truth of life is hidden in plain sight. Was Baum an adept? Yes, he was. And then it shows a picture showing the land of a different uh, scenario of the uh, land at the North Pole from his book. So in the text on the map, Mercator explains that the waters of the ocean rush inward between the islands to the pole where they plunge deep into the earth. At the pole is a black island 33 leagues in circumference. A magnetic island lies just north of the, it's, it's, uh, originally it's, it's Latin. It's Stretto, S-T-R-E-T-O-D-E-A-N-I-A-N. And that translates into the Bering Straits. Uh, before we move on, I'm sure we can take a note of the number 33. 33 is a number of degrees where ice melts. It is the degree where the adepts learn the hidden truths of our world. And then it shows another map that he made uh, by Gerard McCarter. And it shows the four islands as well as the mountain. He did visit that in the uh, 1500s, the middle to the uh, later 1500s. And this is how his map was drawn and shared the information with uh, Sir John D, who is Queen Elizabeth I, uh, co-regent and uh, psychic. He was pure evil. And I'll discuss that in a later episode. The black mountain in the center of Mercator's map is represented as a green mountain on Baum's map. That is correct. With Was the black mountain green at one time? Does the green represent when it was alive and black when it turned to ash? We don't know. Notice the straight yellow line through Munchkin County called the Yellow Brick Road. This is why Frank Baum was adept because it's a direct parallelism of what he knew of the land at the North Pole and the, the um, indigenous uh, people that lived there. As we go on, the Yellow Brick Road is the same location as the red and white barber pole line going to the center of Mercator's map. Are they telling us something here to get to the center? You must follow this path. From the West Isle of the Four Isles, is there a route or a route? Okay, and then it shows another picture with a close-up of his map. Here we get a better look at Emerald City. Notice how the Green Mountain is composed of horizontal hexagonal columns. Very important. And even a better look here in this depiction, isn't that an odd way to draw a city? Notice that the mountains on the right, high steep walls, like the mountains encircling the, the North Pole. Then it shows the picture of what we're familiar with, with the Wizard of Oz made in 1933 with uh, the Emerald City in the background. That's all for a reason. These are the adepts that already knew this existed at the North Pole. Here's another depiction with a rainbow overhead. A rainbow arched at 42 degrees in the shape of the dome that is reflecting off of. Somewhere over the rainbow, 
way up high and the dreams that you have dreamed of once in a lullaby. That's from the story and movie. Now, you uh, recently a YouTube video came out called No Forest on Flat Earth, where the presenter tells us that the Devil's Tower in Idaho is actually a giant tree stump, that it was cut. That is correct. Just for the audience's notice that originally our world was actually silicon-based. And the Devil's Tower is just one of many examples of mesas, plateaus, and buttes throughout the Western United States and the rest of the world of uh, Europe and uh, Asia, as well as uh, Russia. So if we look closer at the sides of the mountain, we can see it's comprised of horizontal hexagonal columns, which is just like the depiction of Emerald City, except this mountain is no longer green. Was it a tree that was cut and turned to black like the mountain is no longer green? Uh, well, the mount, like mountain in the center or at the North Pole, question mark. Look at how enormous Devil's Tower is. Can you see the tiny images of people climbing up it? And when you see Jeff's website, you will recognize these because these pictures are fabulous. And it also shows that they were silicon-based, not carbon-based as we are today. Are they showing us this Black Mountain in the film today, like in the movie The 100? Like in Stephen King's series called The Gunslinger, here the Black Mountain is called The Tower, as in Devil's Tower. Then it shows a picture of uh, Stephen King's uh, image of, for his uh, book. Like in The Lord of the Rings, here the Black Mountain is called Mount Doom. Notice the base of Mount Doom. Doesn't it look like the Devil's Tower before the trunk was cut? It looks exactly like it. Now, is this the North Pole, the true location of the Tower of Babel? Is the tower cut now? Devil's Tower. Devil's Tower is just a replica of the real Tower of Babel in the center of our world being cut down. Is that why it was once green and it now is black? The next picture it shows is the Tower of Babel, which was uh, by Nimrod, who was trying to be equal to, to uh, our creator, which you call G-O-D, and basically build a tower to the sky to the toward the sun and the moon so he could be equal or greater than our creator, which is impossible. On the cover of The Economist for 2017, that's in a very important uh, financial magazine, they show the same Devil's Tower. So they are hiding the Black Mountain at the North Pole in many places from film to print. Notice how the people on the terra car below make a yellow brick road to the mountain. All these colors and images are absolutely interrelated and they are absolutely factual. The Yellow Brick Road is also connected to King Arthur. In 1364, eight people came to the king's court in Norway, saying that they came from the lands of the North Pole. One, a priest, mentioned that King Arthur sailed there May 3rd of 1531 AD with 12 ships. Five of the 12 were smashed against the rocks and were shipwrecked, but the other seven made it there. Arthur peopled the north lands of Scotland and Iceland. Arthur's journey is written in the, uh, which is known in, in uh, the ancient uh, Greek or Latin, I believe it's uh, Latin, geste, G-E-S-T-A, Arturia, A-R-T-H-U-R-I-A. Then it shows a picture 
of um, I'll continue. B A R A M Barham Blackett and Alan Wilson write in their book Arturius Rec discovered that Camelot can be broken down into the letters C A for C A E R, which means fortress, and Melo, which is M E L O T, which is a corruption of the Welsh word Marilyn, which is M E L Y N for yellow. So Camelot means yellow fort. Wilson states, up to Lisvane, L-I-S-V-A-N-E, close to our yellow fort, we find an old road named as, and remember, this is Welch, P-E-N hyphen Y-R hyphen H-E-L-O hyphen F-E-L-Y-N, which is quite literally translated as head of the yellow road. It reminds us of the Wizard of Oz with the song and tale of the following yellow brick road. So we have Arthur and Dorothy following a yellow brick road. What are the chances? Zero. And if the yellow brick road leads to, which is care, which is C-A-E-R, Melon, M-E-L-O-N, or the yellow fort, otherwise known as Camelot, which we've heard of, is Camelot the true Emerald City? Quite possibly. The yellow brick road ends in a spiral, which you've seen in the movies. Remember that Mercator mentions that at the Black Mountain is a whirlpool that encircles a mountain. A spiral is a whirlpool, more hidden truth. So then it shows a picture of Dorothy and uh, her dog Toto uh, at the Yellow Brick Road where it turns into a spiral. And with the Wicked Witch of the West, as she already killed the Wicked Witch of the East. And Glenda, the Wicked Witch of the North, is the one that protected her. The whirlpool... The whirlpool encircling the Black Mountain. And what is directly above the Black Mountain? The constellation known as Arthur. King Arthur directly above in the sky. And King Arthur also is known as Polaris, the North Star. This is all pertinent because it is all directly related and it is spiritually correct and positive. And in the Dorothy uh, in The Wizard of Oz, who gets to the center of the maze, called the Emerald City, we have Dolores in Westworld seeking the center of the maze in her world as well. Dorothy, Dolores, the names are very similar, as you recognize. In the sci-fi series called The Magicians, they show Arthur's round table, prominently behind the master magicians or master wizards, the Wizard of Oz. And then she shows pictures of that. Then it goes on with another picture Notice, too, that in The Magicians, they have a magical place called Philoroy, F-I-L-L-O-R-Y, and it is located in the northern marsh. So in the north, north, and looks similar to Emerald City. And then it shows a picture of Philoroy in a uh, hand drawing. Another interesting note is that Mercator wrote of little people who inhabited the North Pole. One of the large islands he mentioned and he states in his diary, here lives pygmies, and that's P-Y-G-M-I-E-S, at most four feet tall, who are like those called scralings, which is S-C-R-A-E-L-I-N-G-S, in Greenland. Remember uh, in the movie, The Wizard of Oz, you had what was known as the munchkins, M-U-N-C-H-K-I-N-S, in The Wizard of Oz. Notice the red, green, and blue of their colorings when they sang the song. This is a classic movie. Now notice that the 
three pygmies closings. One is wearing green skirt, one is red, and one is blue. Is the photo staged? Is the man an adept? I wouldn't be surprised. Then we go to the next picture. So it goes on, and this is with an African tribe of pygmies. And he states with, with the researcher there, so how does the true layout function in history of our world help us in the grand scheme of things? It grounds us. It puts us on an even par with the adepts. It makes it much harder for them to pull off some event, to trick us into giving up our power to them. If we have a good sense of what happens, of who created our world, of our world in it, and we are less likely to become slaves. We are less likely to follow the wrong path of life. And when it when the time comes, we are more likely to follow the yellow brick road to our rightful place in Eden. The next picture continues, and it shows the Garden of Eden. Here is a link to Mercator's letter to John D. And I have that on the, which you can see. And then it uh, continues with uh, part three. So that is this, the full section of part of uh, part two. I'm sorry, part three. And now I'm doing part four. So we'll be able to cover. Actually, Chris, if I may just interject there. Um, at the at the end of the uh, the Intel brief that is posted on Right On You with all the pictures, there is a link to a YouTube uh, video that was done by the creator of this uh, this material, and uh, the link was not working. However, uh, I do believe that if you search, you will be able to find it. So I would just simply search YouTube or some other uh, or you know uh, you know through a browser. Uh, flat Earth decoded the Wizard of Oz, and see if you can find it. And if you do, please let us know. But uh, there is a video that corresponds with what Chris is saying. So even if you're not in the uh, the right on you uh, to look at the pictures, you may be able to see some of the stuff from there. Onward, okay. Chris. Okay, uh, that is good. Rosette does go because she is t attacked just like I am continuously. They, the deep state tries to uh, uh, corrupt her videos, uh, ruin the images that she posts, uh, her links, uh, her websites continually. And she's been dealing with this for 15 years at least that I am aware of. Anyway, and now actually, we're going let to... Let me just give one other, one other quick tip on that, uh, because sometimes even if things are deleted, uh, you can take, a, uh, take something if you find a dead link put it into Wayback Machine, uh, which you can find on the internet. Uh, just search it, DuckDuckGo, Wayback Machine, put the URL in there, and sometimes you'll get lucky there as well. Okay, I just wanted to mention one small thing. Uh, Jeff and audience is that as I relate and help, you know, uh, explain the truths of life that were been absolutely hidden or coveted forever, occasionally I come across people when I when I brief on various smaller websites. And uh, last night I came across a woman, her name is Jenny W, J-E-N-Y-W. Anyway, my point is this, it's, it's when I see people that are losing faith in, in uh, humanity and their, their whole objective is to depress and bring the people to the point of chaos, even, even harming themselves, I made a comment to her and she is. She said she would try to watch this show today. So my point is that uh, if she is in your audience today, let her know that uh, I said I will help guide her in this as far as 
with uh, converting, because I also talk about uh, the ascending to the fifth dimensional plane and what it was like to have uh, uh, crossed over into our fourth dimensional plane when I died, or what we would never die, but what we know is death. And she had uh, a comment that really struck me. And so I, I reached out around the internet that um, I would do everything in my power to teach her and I can help guide her so to, uh, and, and raise her spirit. So I'm just saying, I do this every day, Jeff. She's just one of many. Anyway, onward. Okay, Flat Earth Decoded, North Pole, The Badlands, and The Red Rose, Part 4. All of this is by Rosette Delacroix, and she is absolutely the number one in the world as far as decoding the truths of life. And her, uh, uh, her motto is, the truth is in the code. And that is absolutely correct, because life has been based on uh, signs and symbols, not laws or words. And that was stated by uh, Confucius and many other. When looking at the connection of the Wizard of Odd and the North Pole, I came across many more connections. The main connection being between the Wizard of Oz, the North Pole, Eden, King Arthur, and the Red Rose, which is connected to Christ, which is uh, why they are all showing these truths now. Or are they just more adept in secret knowledge in seeing them? So it shows pictures of uh, the North Pole, and then it shows another one with a, a, a better accuracy for the lands at the North Pole, which we have always been taught that it's just frozen ice. That is absolutely incorrect. Okay, so we go on, which states, uh, which is the shown on the Wizard of Oz map uh, as well. Only difference being here is that the oceans are sand instead of water. That is important because what we've been taught isn't even close to what actually exists up there. There is shifting sand, there are deserts, the, the sandy white, but there, it's just an absolute quagmire to be able to navigate it. Anyway, she shows a picture and says, now look here, the Tower in the Dark Tower series two. Above it, it says, end world. End is an anagram for Eden. It's always a play on words. Switch the D and the N around and you have E-D-N or E-D-E-N. Notice the red roses ringing it. Notice too, the mountains just before. So then we go and shows a close-up of end world at the North Pole and the rivers. Remember on Mercator's map, there is a ring of mountains encircling the pole. And then he shows another picture. She shows another picture uh, reinforcing this at the North Pole. And notice the Badlands. The main character has to cross the Badlands to get to the tower. There is another story where the main character has to cross the Badlands to get to the tower as well. Only in this other story, the tower is called A-Z-R-A, that's Azra. Now we'll get to the connection in a few minutes. And she knows another picture of the end world. And then she says, first, let's take a closer look at the tower on the dark towers map. We have 12 beams, B-E-A-M-S, coming out of its center. The beams are named after animals. And she further gives a highlight of the dark tower with a blow up of it and says, which is very similar to the Chinese Zodiac 12 animals circling a central point, And we have a yin yang symbol or a whirlpool in the middle yin and yang on the South Korean and Chinese culture that represents the sun and the moon. I'll discuss that later. Remember Mercator mentioned 
the four inland drawing seas meet at Magnetic Mountain, okay, which we discussed in the last one, which has also been encaptioned as Magic Mountain as a tourist attraction for, uh, entertainment in California, which they swirled around in a great whirlpool. And in the Chinese calendar, I mentioned that they have two uh, creatures on the on their uh, the Chinese versus the Westernized version, and they incorporate which is the known as the dragon and the snake. They're very symbolic. And they have deep meanings. Do you think that uh, the appliance uh, company Whirlpool knows the significance of their logo? I'm sure they do. In the Whirlpool logo, they sp spell out the name, capitalize Whirlpool, and they have a spiral um, directly above the W and the H. And then they also show an elliptical circle over the middle section of their logo. The Whirlpool swirling around the magnetic tower at the North Pole. There is a whirlpool. Now, we know that the Zodiac, or it's French, it's Zodiac, which is uh, Z-O-O-D-E-A-R-C, Zoo of the Arch, is also made up of mostly of animals. And this is where really Noah's Ark, A-R-K, the Ark of the Zodiac. And then it shows the more traditional one, and it says it's related to time, to our clock. And some people say, our world was by chance. Look how everything amazing fits together. It just really impresses me to no end. And then it goes on saying about the clock and it goes, um, it says, we see that uh, in the tower is reflected in the constellation above. However, it is actually the macro version of our clock, how we tell time. Now let's look at the roses. They are red for a reason. And then she shows in the dark tower that there's the tower in the center. And then it's basically like the Wizard of Oz tower. However, it has roses around the base of it. And then it has a, a full rose in the upper right. So she states that we are connected to King Arthur and his 12 knights of the round table. What do we see in the middle? Why the red rose again? Noteth Arthur is meant to be in the middle. He holds the 13th position. The one in the center, the one who represents the red rose. And that is correct, where it shows King Arthur, and it's also on other cards. We remember that of Jesus and his 12 disciples, which are actually seated at a round table as well. Notice the circular cutout right in front of Jesus. They hide this in plain sight, and Jesus is in the center. He holds the 13th position. The disciples represent the 12 months and are broken into groups of three on Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper. And it basically, those three groups, the groups of three, there are four of them, represent the four seasons of this earth. Onward. And Christ is associated with the red rose. The red rose is placed in the center of the cross. The center of the cross, like the center of our bodies, where the heart is located. And I expressed before that heart comes directly from the word earth. All you do is reverse the letters, and that is not gematria. That is just positive. Uh, and rose is an anagram for eros, E-R-O-S, which is the Greek god of the uh, god of love. And the center of our earth is the North Pole. Don't forget earth is an anagram for heart. Okay, onward. Now back to the dark tower. For those not familiar with this series, it is based on the books by Stephen King. 
King says that the Dark Tower series is his magnum opus, and that translated into or great work, as in with all Masonic orders. The great work is a work of the Masons. So King would be a Mason. He lets us, uh, tells us that the main character in The Gunslinger is actually based on a knight of King Arthur's Round Table. From the wiki, which is Wikipedia, in the story, Roland Deschain, which is D-E-S-C-H-A-I-N, an anagram for the land of the chained, is the last living member of a knightly order known as gunslingers and the last of the line of Arthur E-L-D, which is the elder. His word is analogous with King Arthur. And just as Arthur carried a sword, Roland carries a gun. So this gunslinger, this knight, is on a quest to find the man in black, who he has some reckoning with. The gunslinger is King Arthur or Christ, and the man in black is King Cole, that's C-O-E-L, or Lucifer. Note that Cole, C-O-E-L, is like C-O-A-L, as in black coal. They are playing out what is known as the War of the Roses which is a war that has been playing out since the beginning of time. When Lucifer fell, Lucifer represented the white rose, Christ the red rose. This was played out in the War of the Roses in Britain, a series of battles to take over the throne of England. Before that time, King Arthur and King Cole, C-O-E-L, existed and were uh, nemesis and is being played out today. The red rose stands for red-blooded like Christ, while the white rose stands for blue bloods or the elite, the followers of Lucifer. And then it shows a picture of the War of the Roses. The Arctic uh, or the center, which is the Christ, in which the constellation Arthur is directly above, is represented by the red rose. Antarctica or anti-Arctic, which is two words, A-N-T-I hyphen A-R-T-I-C, which is the Antichrist, is the outer ring, as far as from Christ as you can go, and is represented by the white rose. Then he, she states, and remember, Katniss, that's K-A-T-N-I-S, in the Hunger Games, the, the woman who uh, fought and won, held a red rose as well. She was on the side of Christ. And in uh, the leader, whose name was Coriolan uh, Snow, C-O-R-I-O-L-A-N-U-S, who represented the elite, held a white rose in his lapel. He was on the side of Lucifer. Okay. Now, Stephen King said he got the inspiration for his Dark Series theories from Child, C-H-I-L-D-E, Roland, uh, to the Dark Tower came, okay, a poem by Robert Browning and is a line from Shakespeare's play, King Lear, stated as such, child Roland to the dark tower came. His words still F-I-E-F-O-H and fum, so fee-fo-fum. I smell the blood of a British man. King Lear, Act 3, Scene 4. Notice how the painting for the poem looks familiar. What is in the distance that we see? Could it be a tower which looks like a tower. The tower is also known as the devil's tower and could quite possibly be a giant tree that was cut. Fee, fi, fo, fum. I smell the blood of a British man. And who was this British man? The king of the Brits, of course, Arthur. Then it shows 
in the Dark Tower, the series, and below that it shows, notice the spirals. So basically you have a picture with a gunslinger where it's like uh, a, uh, a Mesa or a Butte, like uh, the Devil's Tower, and then you have in, the, in this movie, then you also have one that is a spiral tower in the distance. Notice how it spirals. And she references it with the, uh, on the tarot card the exact same thing. So like the Tower of Babel, it was cut. Like the tower nicknamed the Gherkin, which is G-H-E-R-K-I-N, in London. Do you think the owners of this building know the connection to the North Pole? I would say absolutely. And it shows a picture of a more modern building, and it's shaped like a like a rounded bullet, Jeff. And it's it has spirals all the way through it on both directions, and that is exactly. So basically, we have the Badlands or the Dark Tower map. She continues and states, and we have a new show on AMC. This was written in 2017, so it's uh, at least four and a half years old. And we have a new show. Uh, called Into the Badlands. The main character of the Dark Tower has to cross the Badlands to get to the tower. The main character into the Badlands has to cross the Badlands. And only in this other story of the tower is called Azra. She's basically repeating the important points to remember throughout so that the people remember that it's all about a uh, combination of gematria, but more importantly, that it's about symbolism and signs and uh, uh, that um, images that are more important than laws or words. Then it shows the next picture from, uh, I believe it's, uh, well, it's called Aaron's name and it's A-R-A-N-M-I-S. And is on the show, he's known as M-K. Oh, I, I left the part out up above. In it, um, in which we have a boy whose stage name is Aramis Knight. Aramis is an anagram for A, the words A and the word Mars, A-M-A-R-S, just like the planet, as in a knight of Mars. Mars is symbolic with King Arthur. King Arthur's father was named Imperior Martian, that's M-A-R-C-I-N, or Martian, M-A-R-T-I-A-N. So he is an Arthurian knight, like Roland in the Dark Tower. He plays the boy who is equivalent of Jake in the Dark Tower. Aramis's name on the show is MK. MK translates into MK Ultra Program. He has amnesia from being mind control. Absolutely. He can't remember home, but wears a pendant of home around his neck. He also possesses mutant abilities. Stephen King's favorite number is 19 and pops up in many of his stories, The Dark Tower pops up and it shows the images where that number 19 is hidden into the the uh, uh, background of his images. Now, MK is a mutant like the Wolverine uh, that we know from the series in the last installment of the Wolverine series called Logan, L-O-G-A-N. We have not only the mutant connection to MK, but we also have the storyline is connected. And you show... Uh, uh, the main actor, he's holding an X-Book comp, which has it on the front. In Logan, we have an 11-year-old girl named Laura that Logan is trying to save. She is a mutant like MK. She is seeking sanctuary as well as a place called Eden, E-D-E-N, in North Dakota. Notice the key words, Eden and North. And it shows a picture of the girl that played in that movie.
Remember, Eden is an amigram for end, E-N-D-E, or which is otherwise known as, we spell it today, E-N-D-E, E-N-D. It is hard even to give us this clue. It says Eden or the end. How about Eden is the end? Eden is also an anagram for need. That's N-E-E-D. We need hyphen meaning Eden, E-D-E-N. And look at the tower in the background, the devil's tower. Then it goes on and shows another cartoon image one. Now we have mentioned that the storyline is very similar between the Dark Tower and Into the Badlands. However, instead of seeking the tower, they are actually seeking a place called Arzra, which is A-Z-R-A. Look at the compass and pendant. What do you see? And it's showing an image of it. Do you see that uh, Azra is Asgard, just like in the North mythology? You had Asgard above, and you had uh, Midgard, which is Earth. So you have like heaven and Earth in North mythology. Asgard is heaven and located directly above Earth. Midgard at the North Pole. Notice how Asgard looks like a tower and with a moat and a drawbridge. And then it shows a picture and a drawing of what they look like that is colored. Now, what else did the pendant remind you of? Didn't it look like the Emerald City in The Wizard of Oz? Absolutely. Look at the pendant again. Yes, it even has rays coming off the tower like it is glowing. And you have to see the picture to understand this. Now, MK, a book on Azra, look at this character. It looks like he has the sun behind him. He is the sun, meaning S-U-N slash S-O-O, slash S-O-N, or Christ. And he is located at the center of our world. And this figure holds the key, the key in this case being a compass. Then it shows the picture after the compass. When the compass is placed into the book, it activates it, making it a point in a particular direction. Remember that all compasses point to magnetic north. In the Magic Mountain at the North Pole, the home of Eden. Then it shows a compass. Now, if we weren't quite sure that this is what the series is trying to portray, they give us this random shot. One of the butterfly girls that MK likes holds a snow globe. The snow globe shows the shape of our world flat and with a glass dome above, but looks like on the other side. They make sure to show the hibiscus flower. This is very important, what the hibiscus represents. Now, if you watch my Flat Earth Decoded Part 2, you would know of the significance. The hibiscus flower is directly symbolic as the North Pole. The petals represent the four islands at the North Pole, separated by the four inland drawing seas, with the stamen representing the tower in the middle, the dark portion at its base, where the seas are drawn into by the Great Whirlpool. Then it shows a picture from a snow globe to the... Uh, petals of the hibiscus. Catherine II of Russia was aware of this symbolic connection as shown by the hibiscus flower pinned to her dress in this portrait of her. Notice how she is pointing to it in the picture. She's saying symbolically that she knows the meaning behind it. She knows there is land at the North Pole and she knows the secret of the inner earth. Remember too that the hibiscus is found in Hawaii and also is known as the Paradise Isles. So connecting the flower with paradise in Eden, the Hawaiian hibiscus is the tropical version of why the red rose, of course, 
A rose is a rose is a rose. That was stated by Gertrude Stein, S-T-I-N. And what's in a name? By any other name, they would smell as sweet. That was stated by Shakespeare in Romeo and Juliet. Now, who did Catherine leave the secret from? Who did she learn it from? Why, the Masons, of course. They are an integral part of this cover-up. Notice here into the Badlands, the checkered floor, which is, of course, symbolic of the Masonic order. Uh, the main opposing baron in the story is called the Widow, as in the Black Widow. She has red hair, dresses in black, and notice here, she's holding the book on Azra in her hand. And here's the House of Butterflies, MK Ultra Monarch Butterflies. The color is blue, blue and silver. The colors of the moon, the colors of the left-hand path, which is negative, it's demonic. The colors of Lilith or Lucifer. Then it shows a picture of the moon. In the book of Azra, there is a depiction of the 24 symbol of Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet for the sign of Sagittarius. Remember, Sagittarius is Latin for archer. And the image looks like a bow and a tree of life symbol. The tree of life is also supposed to be the tower. Notice the line coming in from the top and zigzagging back and forth until it reaches the 24. Remember that MK represents Arthur, who is the Arthur. In the Hunger Games, we have Katniss and Gale, who were both archers, the female and the male partners. They came from District 12, 12 being the 12th month, December, is the month that holds Sagittarius, the archer. Gale puts his name in for the reaping 42 times. Flip the 42 and you have 24, the symbol of Jupiter, the symbol of the archer. It's all based on symbolism. Now, in the second installment, the Catching Five, I'm sorry, Catching Fire, excuse me, uh, Katniss had to play another tournament under a new dome. The one was set up like the North Pole. Notice the tower in the middle sectioned into 12 beams, B-E-A-M-S. And that's shown the picture of it. Here, a closer look. They figured it out that it worked like a clock. That in an event would happen on the hour in a different section. If they could figure out which section was affected next, they could avoid the calamities that fell. And it shows a picture of that in the woods. Katniss figured out the enclosure had a honeycombed dome that was electrified above them. She shot an arrow straight into the center above and shorted it out. It shows a picture of her. You can see the honeycomb pattern of the dome here. It is a similar to the structure of our dome. Now, before I leave you, I want to show you some connections to the tower in our real world. Notice the long lean shape of the tower here, which is in the shape of an obelisk. An obelisk is a tower, and it's referenced in uh, Stephen King's book, The Dark Tower. So uh, what is probably the most famous obelisk or pole? The Washington Monument. And notice, too, that is connected to water, like the tower at the North Pole. All this is direct symbolism and direct correlation. <coughs> Excuse me. The owner of Tower Records knows the importance of the tower. Russell Solomon what an occultist name. Russell is one of the 13 bloodlines 
and Solomon, King Solomon, a human king who sinned, committed adultery, and was a magician and an exorcist who ultimately betrayed God. Solomon is an anagram for soul, S-O-L, which is the, as in soul, moon, or sun and moon. Here is the original store in Sacramento, and it shows it as in like Tower Records. And another store, not sure where this is from. And she's showing where they're, they're movie theaters and they're both are called Tower. And then it goes, and remember the red and white barber pole going to the magnetic mountain at the North Pole? What does it remind you of? And basically it's already showing this. Number one, it's connected to the direct center of the North Pole. And on Baum's Mop, we had the yellow brick road in the same location. What does it remind you of? How about this? A castle with a drawbridge, a tower surrounded by a moat with a drawbridge. And that's exactly what it looks like. Then she shows a picture of a drawbridge and a moat like in, a, uh, in the distance with fog and water and basically set up on a hillside like in uh, Scotland and uh, England. A tower surrounded by a moat with a drawbridge. And then she shows another example of a same thing, a tower surrounded by a moat and a drawbridge. And these are different locations. Those are real. And what these castles are made of? Stone made by who? Stone masons. Masons are hiding the secret in plain sight all over the world with castles. Castle is B-U-R-G in German with mountain being spelled B-E-R-G. So they're very similar words in German, Jeff, and audience that it's B-E-R-G for a castle and mountain is B-E-R-G. And that's a reference. Then she shows another picture of the annual Bilderberg meeting, which is the globalist, the, the demonic Satanist, where they meet. Does this name... Uh, is it particular for a reason? I would say yes. There are the elite who know the hidden secrets about the North Pole. Look at their map. What does it look like? It looks like a dark tower at the center. And what's the most famous castle with a moat and a drawbridge? Why, Disney's castle, of course. We see it every time before when we go to the, watch the movies. Disney was a 33-year mason, and he knew. Now we do, too. And then you see the picture of the Disney logo where you have the castle of Disneyland, which later became Disney World in newer versions. And even the Asgard, which is the North's version, uh, has a drawbridge. To get there, you're supposed to go over the rainbow, quote, drawbridge. Remember, the rainbow is connected, and she spells it out so you understand, small letters R-A-I-N and capitals B-O-W. She's showing you that it's a direct connection to the archer. It bends 42 degrees. Flip it up and you have the number 24, which is a symbol of Jupiter, which is the planet of Sagittarius, which means archer in Latin. Christ is the archer or the just the Arthur. The rainbow is a covenant of God with man, promising there will never be another flood. The rainbow is symbolic of Christ. So I want your audience to remember this, Jeff. I'll repeat it again. It's very important. Christ is the archer of Christ is the archer, which represents King Arthur. The rainbow is a covenant of God with man. So every time you see a rainbow, you see the connection. 
and promising to mankind there will never be another world flood. The rainbow is directly symbolic of Christ. These are critical components to understand. So I hope I have opened your eyes to the true nature of our world, that the adepts know they can hide through their symbolism the truths about our world, that Eden is in the center at the North Pole, that God's throne is directly above in heaven and Asgard, and that the red rose is symbolic of Arthur, which is also symbolic of Christ. Learn the truth makes us learn no more, spiritually, not less. It shows to me that there is a God and he loves us and he has a plan for us, that no matter how base our world is becoming, it is temporary, that God will always make it right in the end of Eden. And then she goes on to state, here's the link. And when you, you have these posted, so your, your audience can look at it and copy it or snapshot it and then be able to copy it to uh, go directly to her sites. That is the end of that. I actually, let me see it. Um, I have one hour. I can do one more. I can do part five. You want to do that, Jeff? If you want to do part five, let's do it. We got till 2.30. Right. Well, it's it's like two minutes till uh, to uh, two o'clock. So I want your audience to really be enthralled and fascinated with this because I worked eons to do this for decades. Okay. Let me pull up inbox. Okay. Let me go to part five. Okay. Um, there we go. Hey, while you're doing that, a couple I, things. And, and you I'm can talk contradict. I just want to uh, draw a couple parallels to things that we've brought out on the show uh, prior. Uh, when you bring out, you know, Camelot and Arthur, uh, we have decoded those before. Uh, Arthur is the system or the brotherhood's name for the Antichrist, who they also call God and who also goes under the name of Christ, but it is not the same one that we uh, see that died on the cross for our sins. So uh, just wanted to draw a, just a different point of view out. Um, you know, I've always committed to not contradicting uh, Chris or his things, but I just wanted to draw that out that we have on previous shows decoded these things, and uh, you might want to go listen to those shows as well. So you can make up your mind how to live right in the real world. Onward, Chris. Okay. All right. We're going into part five, but I just want the audience to know this is very real. It's genuine. Rosette Delacroix, in my experience over 30 years, she is absolutely the most spiritually religious person trying to share the knowledge of the world. And she is literally the best decoder or decipher on living today. No one has, and I know the other ones, and they are all good, but there is no one that has done what she's done from a biblical and religious standpoint, onward, or spiritual. Okay, Flat Earth decoded, North Pole, the Masons, and the true location of Jerusalem. Part five. This was March 21st by Rosette Delcroix on 2017. So let's look at it logically. Uh, if through our analysis we've determined that, that the true location of Eden is at the North Pole, then where did Adam and Eve go when they were expelled from the garden. Wouldn't it be logical that they would want to stay close to home? Wouldn't it be logical that they would settle where the lands are green and fertile? And it shows a picture of uh, basically what you think of uh, uh, castles or towers above, and then she's showing the next picture, which is the Greenlands of Scotland in the north. Okay, 
Wouldn't it make sense for them to keep on trekking, leave the lands of the north and keep going until they get to the Middle East? Would it make sense for them to settle in a dry, arid, barren area of desert far away from home? Obviously not, since she states, of course not. And in an area that is located at the 33-degree parallel, don't forget that 33 is a Masonic number of the adept, the one in the know. The temperature at where ice melts and ice melts where? In the desert, of course, where the knowledge is revealed. So would it be a coincidence that the place that is represented to be the location of the Garden of Eden is on their Masonic number? Absolutely. She shows a picture in the desert with a uh, like an antelope type uh, creature. Um, now, remember that the Masons go all the way back to the Tower of Babel, to the time of Nimrod's rule. Nimrod was the first master Mason. Remember, too, that the Tower of Babel that Nimrod supposedly built was destroyed. And from that moment, the people of the earth were dispersed across the plain. And it shows the same picture of the Tower of Babel in ancient times. Now, in the area of the 33 degree, we have the supposed location of Jerusalem, the exact center of which is 31 degrees, 47.00 N uh, for north by 35 degrees, uh, 13 degree zero zero east. If we add the numbers, we get what, Jeff? 666. So the, that is telling you right there where they are trying to convince us now. 666 is demonic and it is the number of the Masons besides their 33 for being in the know. 666 is another one of their Masonic numbers, which they use to stand for Lucifer, the beast, it is a coincidence. Is it a coincidence that the uh, Obama limo is called the Beast when he was in office, and it is exactly eighteen feet long? Eighteen, of course, is the number six plus six plus six. That equals your six six six. Yes, he was demonic, and this is your CIA that is all part of it, completely. Notice too that Baghdad, Iraq, and Benghazi, Libya are both located, Jeff, on the 33-degree latitude. Baghdad, Iraq, is where we are told that Babylon is located, but I believe it is another part of their cover-up as well. Why We'll look at the ancient sites, such as Babylon, might not be where they first appeared. And then we have Benghazi, Libya, where we had the infamous American embassy staged event. Damascus, Syria is where we also have a war going on and Iran is next. Are we surprised that all of these happenings are along the 33 degree parallel? Not at all. Okay, it shows the maps so the public can uh, reference these. The 33 degree parallel and the correlation between those cities between what was referenced and other ones in the, in the area. Now, we shouldn't be when we discover that they are all in the Masonic Brotherhood. Here's the Syrian president, uh, Ahmad Assad, doing the Masonic handshake with former Iranian president, Ahmadjad, oh boy, I, I'm going to spell this one, A-H-M-A-D, that's Ahmadjad, okay, got it, A-H-M-A-D-I-N-E-J-A-D, okay, Ahmadjad, okay, they're both shaking hands. One's giant and one's short. Okay. Now on the subject of this desert land, I watch a video lately that showed that many of the ancient sites were actually faked. The next several images are directly from events, skeptics presentation on this subject. 
I will link Skeptic's YouTube presentation below. Notice Agatha Christie used to give these fake sites some clout. Oh, look, it's Agatha Christie. This must be real. And it's talking about Agatha Christie's series. Um, and that they use rebar, which is R-E-B-A-R, to make these temples, which are rebar is a construction uh, iron uh, bar that is reinforced in both housing structures as well as uh, driveways. Okay, so such is a temple of Baal. Rebar is a modern form of construction. We were told that these sacred sites were made out of solid stone. And they're showing where they actually found rebarb inside of ancient monuments. That is the pyramids we were made uh, from huge blocks of stone. In fact, that the stones were so big and so heavy, we don't even have machinery on earth today that can move them. But if you look close at the evidence, these blocks actually were made in place, poured concrete using molds, with the interiors made from sand, and only the outer fascia has a, a, a more solid subject. Jeff, I re realized this within the last 20 years. She is absolutely correct. Where we think that the pyramids were giant, gigantic blocks where they cut literally granite, it is not. It is poured concrete, and they do have uh, something comparable to rebar in the center. This is ancient technology, but we're trying to – we have it today, and we're using rebar in all of our construction today, but it dates back to ancient times. We've just been lied to all along. Okay, here's another photo. You can see clearly that rebar is being used to create the site, and it's an ancient site. It's the pyramids. Okay, then you have a, another example where they are using and doing um, uh, concrete work to the Sphinx, and they use the rails below to bring in the material. And you would have to see the photos to understand how we've been lied and how they have faked this. So here we are from fake hewn Abu Simbel in Egypt. Uh, let's go to the Sphinx in uh, Cairo in uh, Giza, uh, Necropolis. Allegedly the oldest statue of humanity witness of the grand world flood and guardian of the pyramids carved out of solid rock. In fact, the last of these fake structures at so-called ancient Egypt at Giza was finished not so long ago in the reborn era of photography. Stories from the crypt about solid rock, of course, uh, is BS. Piles of defective rock, all types are of, re of rejected material from all over Giza were brought here with tiles and transportation units. Four of such piles of garbage formed the body of the ancient Sphinx. The head was cast at the end. More primitive monument building you can't find. And it shows a picture when the, the mon that the Sphinx was actually buried by sand. But yes, they did use concrete eons ago. And it, uh, it appears the Sphinx was made in the shape of the destroyed Temple of Solomon. Just turn the temple around 180 degrees and you can see the lower building are at the front paws and the taller building, the head and the back, the elongated, air, the elongated area. Was it true? Was its true location in Scotland? Definitely, yes. I will do more on, on that subject. Are they taking the energy from the Temple of Solomon site and giving it to the mockery called the Sphinx? Possibly. And if you know where these temples were not buried in sand over thousands and thousands of years, just recently uncovered, because if you look, all of these sites are on the sand, on the surface level. If they were buried under the sand, they would be below the sand. They are not. So the only way for them to be uncovered is being on the sand would mean that they were buried in some sort of hill or mound 
which was never the case. Anyway, now from the previous presentation, Flat Earth Decoded Part 4, you can see that the stonemasons built the castles throughout Europe, as well as the cathedrals. The castles are symbolic of the mountain or tower at the North Pole. Now, could these same stonemasons make these fake sites to divert our attention to areas of no significance to hide the truth of special places? Take Stonehenge, for example. They seem to be pretty good evidence that Stonehenge was actually built fairly recently. Now, I have pictures from 1954 to 1956 where, Jeff, they were using, and uh, reference to these pictures, where they were actually using hydraulic cranes to put on the... Uh, the T part of the uh, uh, Stonehenge, but those aren't widely available. And then she does have two of them where they're showing how they're erecting. But what it was is that they were actually, they had been knocked over. And so they were, they were uh, being used to stand them up because they're, they're dozens of tons of stone. Okay. This is site is. I actually of them constructing Stonehenge, by the way. Yeah. So it, it, it's been a lie that it's thousands of years old. Right. Okay. Um, so here are two craftsmen, uh, stonemasons perhaps, working a stone to make it look weathered and ancient. They're actually showing the workers abrasing the rock to make it look aged. Okay, this is real. It's a photo at the site. And here is a completed view from the above. Notice how it shapes like the, quote, flat earth with the islands in the middle with a ring of mountains surrounding them and the outer ring being like the Antarctic ice wall. So you can see that when they look at your site, Jeff, they'll see exactly what I've been reading and referencing. If you're familiar with the West Memphis three case, and that's T-H-R-E-E, you will know that the three were part of a satanic group that would meet at a place they called the same name Stonehenge to perform satanic rituals. Is this what Stonehenge in England was built for as well? Satanic rituals? This one is in Tennessee. And it shows that site. Uh, yes, Jeff, it was. And it goes even deeper. It goes in with the reptilians, but that ties in with uh, uh, his name is uh, um, Reation. He's, he's a Tibetan monk and he's on dark outposts once a month. But uh, he explains and he did decode the, uh, the, the, Bolivia, the lines in Bolivia and he calls them the, uh, uh, the Orion lines because they were created by the reptilians. But you can only decode it because it's, Half of it of the uh, the Orion lines in Bolivia, uh, it only reflects half. It's like as above, as below, or so below. And you actually have to look at it as though you're from behind the sun looking across. But what it was is he decoded it, and he's absolutely correct, that this was a marking by the reptilians, which are the uh, Alpha Draco and the uh, uh, Omega Orion reptilians, which are the United States and Australia, the Tubious countries, which are working with them uh, in this demonic order. And the point is that uh, uh, they basically identify that that the Orion lines or the, uh, the lines of Bolivia, that it is actually a map which states that these this earth is their territory and their ownership, that they own it outright. It was to other fourth dimensional races that visit us. And anyway, here it shows that they, uh, uh, there's a picture of the Georgia Guidestones connected, uh, contracted by R.C. Christian. Now, R.C. Christian is a code. The, in other words, 
you're, you're the audience should be familiar with the Georgia Guidestones, which is in uh, it was built in northwest of Atlanta, Georgia, on a uh, open area, uh, and it was supposedly very uh, covert that nobody knew who built it and what the purpose. It is in eight different languages, and it states about the new world order, about depopulating the planet to five hundred thousand, and it's showing eight languages. You'll have to study it more, but I have an essay on it you can read. Anyway, what what Rosette is stating that uh, the the one who cracked the who um, contracted the Georgia Guidestones, his name was R period C period Christian, just like in the word Christianity. And what she's proving is that when you put R C and Christian uh, together, it is a code for the what is known as the Rastacrucians, which are R O S I C R U C I A N a high-level secret society above the Freemasons. That is correct. Now, Benjamin Franklin was a Rastacrucian. People don't know that. And he was pure evil. And he, although he was a good uh, um, uh, and scientist and uh, uh, experimenter, um, he, was, he betrayed this country because he always represented the United States for all the contracts between Great Britain and, and the United States and he was a uh, British double agent, and he his code was 0029. And when they discovered his house, not discovered, when they renovated his house, they found 10 skeletons in the basement. Six of those were children under the dirt. He was part of what is called the Hellfire Club, and which was absolutely demonic. But that's what the public doesn't know. Anyway, and he's uh, immortalized on our uh, $50 bill. Okay, anyway, the designs are very uh, familiar. The tall pillars of stone with stone beams connected at the top. And then it references a picture at Stonehenge. Remember, too, that they were found blood at the top of the Georgia Guidestones. So some uh, of the blood ritual was definitely performed here as well. And it shows an overview where there is, they were a human bloodletting. So there was obviously a sacrifice. So if the Masons faked many of the ancient sites in Egypt and even uh, faked Stonehenge in England, why stop there? We know that NASA, N-A-S-A, is full of lies and relentlessly promotes Baal, which is B-A-L-L, -L, or otherwise known in their terms, B-A-A-L, and uh, which they try to reference as Earth. So then why not make some of the ancient artifacts, and she's taking the word artifacts, and showing how it can become artificial facts that look like astronauts, which he changes to the word astro-hyphenated N-O-T-S, meaning not, okay? And that's what she's showing in these images. So she goes on and says, I mean, seriously, we're supposed to believe that uh, these carvings are ancient. He, uh, one looks like a Russian cosmonaut uh, from Wikipedia perched on a facet, uh, fas facet, facade over the northern entrance of a 300-year-old cathedral in uh, Salamanca, which is S-A-L-A-M-A-N-C-A, -A -A, Spain, is carved figure remarkably reminiscent of a modern astronaut. Construction of the cathedral started in 1513 and was completed in 1733. And there is an actual photo on that showing an astronaut, so meaning ancient astronaut. And then we have the hieroglyph, that I'm sure you've all uh, seen, I have to say that it was very fascinating to be by it and stunned, but I've come to realize that we have been duped here as well. Now, this is where I disagree with her. 
She said, that is correct. She said there were no helicopters back then. There were no submarines because it shows pictures of each. However, Jeff, basically in society, every civilization builds upon itself and uh, one civilization uh, ascends from the other and our previous civilizations from the fourth root race all the way to the second root race of mankind. The, you had the Polarians, you had the Hyperboreans, you had the Lemurians, you had the Atlanteans. They had technology, wisdom, and uh, fourth dimensional uh, uh, spiritual and intellectual capacity. They did have existing technology. And all we're doing is playing catch up and repeating history over and over. So that's where I disagree with her, but we have different viewpoints, but she is excellent research. Here is the Grand Lodge in Scotland. Okay. Oh, there was one other line. She wanted to state that, uh, but the, uh, the Masons at the upper levels worship Lucifer and the King of the North will return who is Jesus. Correct. So of course, Jesus to watch them is the enemy. They set up their lodges in the North to watch. The watchers, meaning W-A-T-H-C-H-E-R-S, to watch for his coming. Here is the Grand Lodge in Scotland, and it shows a picture of that, uh, of for the Grand Lodge being the Masons. So now, it makes logical sense that the man first settled the lands closest to the garden, and that this fact is being covered up by the Masons. So let's look at the area of the North for the clues. Listen, audience, listen very carefully. I'm going to spell it out so you get the you get the uh, the meaning and the uh, symbolism. N O R, then capitalize D W A Y. That is the country Norway. But she's showing that N O R, and then capital W A Y. That is the way of the North, and that is the Norse. You have to read the symbolism into all of languages. Then you have S W for the country Sweden, S-W-E-D-E-N. When you break it out, that means S-W is southwest of Eden. Then you have Finland, F-I-N, and then the word L-A-N-D. That means land's end, or E-N-E-D-N, or E-D-N, so the land of Eden. Then you have the country I lived in, Netherlands, N-E-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D-S. You capitalize the N and you capitalize the L, that is land's end, or the end, meaning E-D-N, or E-D-E-N, Eden. Then you have the name Denmark. You have the letters D-E-N and M-A-R-K. What that's stating is uh, Den and Eden, that is a mark or Eden's location. It means to mark something. Then you have the country Poland, P-O-L-A-N-D. That is a land of the pole or the North Pole. Then you have England, and you have the letter E. E stands for Earth. And NG is the North Rune uh, for ruler. So that's R-U-N-E for ruler. So that is, in uh, in that context, is the Earth King's ruler. Then you have Germany, G-E-R, and then the second word, M-A-N-Y. G-E-R means spear, and G-E-R means many spears or many swords. So sword versus stone. They are the people of the sword, are of the s word of the in the word meaning the word of uh the word of christ and the word of uh, god so are we seeing connections yet absolutely all these countries have names related to the country eden eden and the north pole and christ then you have scandinavian it shows a picture of it and then you have s word the s word versus s hyphen t-o-n-e meaning stone the word in flesh is jesus okay 
Then you have the word T-O-N-E, music, one of the seven spurious sciences. In flesh is Lucifer, prince of the air, prince of the airways, of the music and of tone. The sword and the red rose. The stones are, are the white rose. So you need to understand that. Um, swords, the red rose is Christ. The stone itself, and I changed the color so that people will be able to see it, represent the white rose, which is Lucifer. This has been a battle of uh, since the beginning of time. So the S hyphen tones, meaning stones, are the stones or the masons. Oliver Stone here doing the pyramid hand uh, sign with a 66. And it shows in the background, he has Route 66. That's your symbolism showing, which is a double 33 behind him, being on his left side, which is a left path hand of life, which is demonic. Then it shows his son, his son, Sean Stone, pointing at his temple, the Masonic hand sign for the one in the know. Notice he has the crown symbolism of the, the crown drink behind him. He works for the crown. The crown is Luciferian. Then you have Larry Silverstein. Stein means stone in German, silver stone. And notice how his orange tie, orange is number 33 in numerology, saying symbolically he is a Mason. Remember, it was Larry Silverstein who built the Twin Towers. I'm sorry, not built. He owned the Twin Towers. He bought them approximately six no more than nine months prior to the collapse and said the infamous line, pull it regarding building seven, which did not fall until at least a half an hour after the other two. And that was obviously a rigged demolition. Oh, and she says, I forgot to mention Oliver and Sean's uh, real last name was not stone. It's Silverstein. Oliver changed it to stone to make it more aesthetic and seeming uh, American. Albert Einstein means one stone, okay, for Ein is German for one, and Stein is German for stone. Notice Einstein in this picture, he's doing the collie, which is where you stick out the tongue, okay? What it is, it means he's, they're mocking God, and this is from Isaiah 57, colon four. Against whom do ye sport are yourselves? Against whom make ye a wide mouth and draw out the tongue? Are ye not children of the transgression, a seed of falsehood? That is from Isaiah. Then you have Whitney Houston, and Whitney Houston is, uh, means hue, meaning to cut, hue stone. So hue is, is another word for cutting or uh, cutting the actual stone itself. And then uh, a hewer of stone is also a, a mason. Notice how she is covering her right eye. She follows the left-hand path. And that's also why she was sacrificed. Because once they've uh, fulfilled, Jeff, their utility as the Masonic Order believes, they get eliminated. So both uh, Whitney and her daughter were both sacrificed. Uh, okay, David Rockefeller. This picture I want the audience to see when they look at the site, because I caught this many years ago. David Rockefeller. Rockefeller is a feller of stone, which is similar to a hewer of stone. His wristwatch is set at 9 and 11. Way, this was taken, I believe I have the date, uh, it was April 3rd, 1967. And it was uh, uh, years before. And so the point is, audience, he has on his watch showing the date of when they're going to create the disaster, which was 9-11. Meaning, audience, is that these buildings 
by the Masonic Order was built to be destroyed well in advance. They collapsed and they tried to collapse it in 2001 and they failed. They had eight years, to, seven and a half years to get it correct. And then they did it on 9-11. 9-11 audience is Christ's actual birthday. That's why the Masonic Order is using that date and also uh, trying to destroy the any semblance to Christ. This picture that you'll see is absolutely symbolic and cryptic, showing that it was planned you know, more than a decade in advance of when they were going to collapse a building for the Masonic Order. So going on, we have the Rolling Stones uh, with the iconic logo of the Kali Stone in the background, uh, mocking God. Roll and rock and roll is the devil's music. So we have what is basically, they, we know that all of the ones in the Rolling Stone, Mick Jagger, et cetera, they're all Masonic, they're Masons. So if the Masonics uh, manipulate to give us energy towards these false uh, false or fake sites, they take away energy from the real sites by marginalizing them and hiding them. Let's check out evidence of the real sites now. Adam and Eve wanted to live in a lush green land like their homeland. Scotland is that lush green land. And remember, when the plane was first created, the sun traveled a tighter path. So the climate at the North Pole and the surrounding areas, including Scotland, was semi-tropical, similar to what Hawaii is today, a temperate climate. Hawaii is also a nickname for the Paradise Islands for a, very, for a reason. The English poet William Blake wrote a poem alluding to Jerusalem being in England. Blake's poem said, and did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green? And was the holy lamb of God on England's pleasant pasture seen? And did the countenance divine shine forth upon our clouded hills? And was Jerusalem builded here among these dark satanic hills? Bring my bow of burning gold. Bring me my arrow of desire. Bring me my spear, O clouds unfold. Bring me my chariot of fire. I will not cease until mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand till we have built Jerusalem in England's green, pleasant land. And then it shows a picture of Jerusalem in the north. In England, we also have the tale of the giants Gog, G-O-G, and Magog, M-A-G-O-G. From the Wikipedia, one of the legends of Gog and Magog explicitly concerns London. As with most legends, there are variations of these themes, but a popular one that Gog and Magog were two monstrous play giants that produce of the uh, number 33 wicked daughters uh, and basically the Roman emperor Diocletian, which is D-I-O-C-L-E-T-I-A-N, and certain demons they have been conjuring up. As we found New Troy, which would later become London, the heroic Brutus, B-R-U-T-U-S, tamed the two uh, colossi, forcing, meaning those two evil Gog and Magog, forcing them to serve as the guardians of the city by chaining them to the outside of his palace, uh, the site of which is now Guild Hall, G-U-I-L-D-H-A-L-L. They have a celebration every year in the city of London, parading these two giants around the city. Uh, and remember that the city of London is basically a country of its own within the country of England. This is where the Rothschilds control the financial system known as, quote, the city. Then we have the George Bush Sr., uh, the 45th president of the United States, who went by Magog uh, in his Yale University Skull and Bones fraternity. Revelation 20, when the thousand years are complete, Satan will be released from his 
prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to assemble them for battle. Their number is like the sands of the seashore, and they marched across the broad expanse of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. But fire came down from heaven and consumed them. The Gog and Magog people, being walled off by Alexander's forces in the book of Alexander, Bruges, Belgium. Bruges is B-R-U-G-E-S. I've been there, 15th century. So land of Gog and Magog. It's king mounted on a horse, followed by a procession, and Alexander's gate showing that Alexander, Antichrist, meaning the Alexander, but against the Antichrist and the mechanism and the mechanical trumpers. And that's from Catalan Atlas, 1375. Okay. And then we have the walled off uh, area, the city. Then we have Hadrian's Wall, which is the north uh, between uh, Northern England and Scotland. And then we have Hadrian's Wall, which divided Scotland and England, walling off Gog and Magog to the south. They said it showed the farthest northern reach of the Roman Empire, and the wall was to keep invaders out from the north. But I think it was to keep invaders from the south out as well. Uh, he writes history determined on how well it was skewed. So Scotland with the true location of Jerusalem as Edinburgh or Edinburgh, Eden Mountain, Jerusalem, City of Peace. Notice the mountain in the background and it shows incredible pictures, photography. The mountain is named after Arthur's seat and would be the true location of the Mount of Olives just outside of Jerusalem. But this is the real Jerusalem. His seat meaning where he ruled. And could this mountain have been a giant olive tree cut? Very possibly. And we have a pygmy connection here as well. Remember that Mercator, Gerard Mercator said, one of the four islands at the pole was people, was people meaning populated by little people. Well, just a few years ago back, they found little people coffins in uh, between England and Scotland were discovered at Arthur's seat. Okay. Who put them there and why are they still a mystery? And they show an actual photograph of these mummified little people. Remember the Wizard of Oz was also symbolic of the North and had little people in it. They were called munchkins. Now, I'm not saying these were actual little people, but representative of them like dolls, but in a morbid way. And it shows photographs of them. Okay, la wrapping up. Okay, Arthur's Seat, located in Hollywood Park, Scotland. And what does Hollywood remind you of? Why Hollywood, of course, okay. And Chris, we're, we're, Chris, we're over time. I got I to gotta wrap it up here okay, uh, before you can... I had about two minutes left. All right, that's okay. That's fine. We'll wrap up. We're good. Anyway, we're fine. You... All right. I'm out. Open out, Jeff. Thank you for your time. And audience, I hope you learned a lot. Goodbye. It was filled with it, and I didn't want to end it, but I really have to because I do have a hard meeting at 2.30, which I'm already late for. But just a reminder, listen, if you want to support Chris on Right On... You go to write on with the letter you.com. You can get all the pictures, get his analysis, and there's lots of briefs that are being added every week. We always add more than what we cover, and uh, it's a great place to go to do him. Also, if you're there, if you want to check out, uh, you know, with this great reset and everything coming, you might want to consider at least watching the free video I put up on the real estate course and seeing what you can do and some options that you can do to possibly protect yourself going forward. And don't forget, this broadcast is brought to you, as always, by My Liberty Stand. I want to thank every one of you for joining us. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the shares and for the pod points and stuff. It really does help the algorithm uh, go. It keeps us in the top 20 broadcasts uh, consistently. We're hitting top 10 now. Uh, it's all because of you. 
Uh, God bless each and every one of you. And by the way, if you heard a lot of key things that Chris mentioned, a lot of key concepts, Camelot, King Arthur, Sword, all these things, go back in some of our broadcasts because Jesse and I have done deep, deep, deep dive decodes in these. Uh, and it looks at it from a different angle. We're not talking about the particular subject that Chris is talking about right now, but you're going to see the parallels that are all through this thing and the, the, you'll start to put all of the puzzle pieces together. So again, God bless each and every one of you. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and make a difference in your community.